Hi, and welcome back to the coaching practice. Before we get to this episode, I want to ask for your help. As you know, in this season, I'm interviewing coaches whose practices are what I would call startup mode. That's to say, a practice that's now older than five years. I want to hear from you if you are a coach with a practice that's now older than five years, or you know of a coach whose practice is now older than five years. If you could connect with me on LinkedIn so I can interview them for this season. So if you could help me with that, I'd really appreciate it. Now we're off to my conversation with Nini Wood. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to the third episode in the second season of The Coaching Practice. As you know, in this season, I'm having conversations with coaches who have practices of less than five years in coaching. And um, I'm, today, I'm excited to welcome Nini Wood. Nini, welcome. Thank you so much. It's lovely Nini, to be here. It's great to have you. Nini, let's get right into it. How did you end up in coaching? So, Depisa, I think as a child, I, I looked at the world around me and I realized there was so much pain. And I realized if people just had the right tools and had exposure or um, access to reframing um, things that triggered them, things that upset them, and especially understanding how emotions work, I realized that that could change the world. <laughs> so for me, the question is, you know, why, why am I here and what contribution can I bring to, I think, just making the world a better place. So I think that was a real this drive to uh, launched myself, obviously, first, I uh, started first uh, um, just studying psychology, and then from there on, I just uh, became a um, self-help junkie, <laughs> <laughs> going on every course and every uh, possible um, avenue of just actually finding transformation for myself, because I think we can only give what we've received, and mm. for me, the 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 impact of understanding that I can't give a client um, anything that I haven't really grasped and processed myself. And so I think mm -hmm. for me, it was a, a real self-discovery and a journey for my own transformation. And obviously, mm -hmm. every day, um, <laughs> we, mm -hmm. uh, we grow and discover more about ourselves and our own transformation. And I think it's just that, that process of giving and receiving, of giving to myself receiving my transformation, then being able to uh, help a client access that for themselves. Mm. So what I've learned that um, many, many coaches come from a background in psychology. And I'm curious as to the practicality of what, what happened from going, coming from psychology. How, what was your first inkling of coaching? Could you just maybe elaborate on that part of your journey, please? So I think from psychology, I went into the complete opposite field. I went into um, labor relations and industrial psychology and uh, training. So I, I, I had a, a wide range of just exposure in the corporate field. And then I realized that uh, this wasn't really fulfilling me. It was very frustrating because I thought this is not really making an impact. This is not really something that lights me up and that... Uh, feels me it, it it actually depleted me and I think 
uh, my journey of literally coming to this place of saying, what lights me up? What inspires me? What makes me come alive? And I think as I've discovered courses and trainings and modules and webinars and uh, courses, I, I, really, I really went on this path of going, what lights me up? And I mm -hmm. think in that way, I literally ended up with a whole uh, toolkit of different tools that enabled me to really be able to give um, clients a, a very unique experience because it's literally been my own uh, journey of filling in my toolkit and um, growing from there to understand that different clients need different things. And so we can't come with a one size fits all. And as one acquires tools for yourself and your own transformation in the same process, you acquire tools that then you can give to a client to really uh, tailor make their experience to be a unique transformative experience. Mm. So Nini, what keeps you in coaching specifically? Well, for me, it's the, the understanding that the impact I have on one client they become the ripple effect and the catalyst for their sphere of influence. And so I might be only working with one client, but they then in turn, in their family, in their social circle, they then become um, a healing catalyst for, for their sphere. And, and in that regard, um, I'm in the process of this ecosystem of just helping the world become a better place. It sounds a bit corny, but really I think if we can see that we might just be working with one person, but they in turn will impact the people around them. And, and that, that to me is a, it's a profound thought because otherwise we can think that, you know, the world is, there's so much need out there and how can we ever make an impact or a dent in that? But mm -hmm. we only need to give to this one person everything that they require and then they will become the catalyst in their life um, and in their legacy that they will leave to their children, to their families, to their friends. Mm -hmm. And so it literally, it's like if you would imagine a drop of water dropping into a river and it causes all those ripples, eventually mm -hmm. that ripples will get to the edge of the, the dam. And mm -hmm. in, in that, that to me is a picture of, of why I stay in this, because the ripple of one person will eventually ripple out to everybody. Hmm. So, Nini, um, as you mentioned, there are, there are many webinars and courses uh, that can inform how we practice coaching. If you had to give some advice to um, coaches that are just starting out, what, would, what, what advice would you have for people who are maybe interested in coaching or have just started a practice? Do you have any kernels, or kernels of wisdom in that department? So for me, it would really be start with your own healing, start with your own transformation and really uh, feel into, and I think this is the, the, the dilemma we have, there's so much knowledge out there, but it's when we um, can transform knowledge into knowing and knowing simply means to feel it in your body because we can study theories all we like, but unless it physically becomes something that resonates in your body, and the term alignment is, comes to mind is that when I feel a truth in my body, I literally line myself up to that uh, theory, that statement, that concept. And as I move in line with that uh, principle, everything kind of eventually. And so mm -hmm. I think really to, to give 
people this understanding that don't pursue knowledge, don't pursue to know as much as you can. Come to a place of knowing because when you know something in your physical fiber of your being, the impact that that will have on the client will be a hundredfold versus just giving them something you've read in a book or a webinar that you've done because that's that's mere because there's three levels of of um, of transformation we can offer. We can give them knowledge, which mm -hmm. is wonderful because it, it activates the mind to understand. Then we can give them transformation. It simply means that the trauma, the, the issue, the behavior, the whatever they want to shift, they can transform that into the positive that they are looking for. But then lastly, we have a thing called integration. And when you are able to literally integrate the knowledge and the transformation, it becomes the knowing in your being. It becomes the fiber of who you are. Mm. And once you are able to live, literally live in alignment with what you know to be true, I'm telling you, uh, Dupis, that will be a, 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 an explosive experience for a client because that really gives them to, gets them to a place of um, living this transformation effortlessly. Because I think there's a lot of programs that require a lot of journeying and a lot of working and a lot of kind of a grind, you know, like mm. uh, trying to make it happen, where, where my approach is really very much on allowing the person to become and... and um, feel it in their bodies, literally feel the fiber, feel the change in their bodies. And that's a process of what's called alignment. Hmm. Very somatic approach. Absolutely. Very, sim to. very somatic, but it's, 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 it's also very energetic. Because if you think about, Einstein said that everything is energy. And if you think about sound waves, and uh, even if we, if, we, if we look at color or the things around us, all of the things around us are waves. And, mm. and there's a big part of us that's an energetic component. Um, all emotions are energy in motion. So mm. when we are able to understand that there's a great level of energy that we, um, we use when we are busy in a transformative process, and we can become what's called an energy investor, and that simply means that if I commit my energy, even like say to this, um, this interview, I'm, I'm giving energy into this. But mm. if I do this with the intent of an of a, of a outcome, of a very clear outcome in terms of I'm, I'm giving this so that somebody might listen to spark interest for them, might give them some insights, then energetically I've contributed to the collective. I've given a, um, a, a positive energy into, if you want to call it the pool, <laughs> and mm. then versus just, I'm just doing this mindlessly, I'm just going about this because it's another opportunity or whatever. But if mm. we can start living with intention and really realizing that you are an energy investor, like you would put money into the bank, you can literally put money into your energy account. And that just simply means taking aligned action, taking action that's aligned to your being, to your beliefs, and, and that will become um, an energetic reward to you, meaning you will reap a hundredfold reward to the level of your intention and to the level that you realize that you're literally giving, you're putting energy in the bank, you're putting energy into this experience, and then, and then there will be a reward, there will be an outcome. It's not like just uh, going into a big black hole. <laughs> it, it literally, it comes back to you. Mm. Nini, so... In your practice of coaching, how do you define coaching? For me, it's a holistic, heart-centered approach where uh, transformation is acquired through the inside out. Mm. 
and it creates an effortless permanent change. Because if we work from the inside out, if we, if we create this, this uh, experience of alignment and of knowing, then the, then the transformation happens effortlessly. Hmm. Nini, you have spoken a bit about a few of the theories and tools like energy and somatics, somatics, somatics in, your, in your coaching practice. Are there any other foundational theories or tools that you, that you practice with? So I work a lot with NLP and I work very much with um, uh, decoding um, emotional uh, frames by specifically working on reframing the subconscious. Because this is the thing that as children, we, um, whenever we experience something that we didn't, that we weren't in control of, those mm. becomes traumas, those experiences become traumas. And we always just kind of classify trauma as something really, really terrible. But even if we um, had a simple thing that happened that we felt out of control, that in that moment of trauma, what happens is that the, the body then almost freezes in that minute. And then mm. what happens is the, the brain, because the brain's always out to help us survive. The brain comes to a place where um, it, it comes to a belief. Um, this happened, so I am. This happened, so life is. This happened, um, so people are. And those, those statements become these limiting beliefs that are stuck in our subconscious mind. And they become the driving force. It's almost like apps that we've um, uploaded as children. And then we live with these old, outdated apps for most of our lives and then events trigger and I call it the big red button. So we all have mm. these big red buttons that say, don't press the big red button. And unfortunately, mm. life has this ability to press these big red buttons for us all the time. Mm. But if we can come to this place of understanding that the big red button is simply the link to the limiting belief, everything mm. unravels. And, mm. there, and there comes this place of like, okay, I allow the big red buttons to be pressed because ultimately once the app is deleted and, you've, and you've, you are able to identify what that app is, that it's no more uh, useful to you any longer and mm. you can get to this place of finding a better app, finding something that is uh, more relevant to your situation, to your age. Um, I mean, it's, that is such a simple approach. Mm. Nini, sometimes in, in, in coach training, there's, there are many, there's, there's an abundance of research theories, models, and tools that coaches can practice with. And um, sometimes some coaches might be overwhelmed in terms of, hey, so which of these tools, theories, or models do I use? What, how, what advice would you have for an individual who may be feeling overwhelmed with the amount of tools um, and stuff that's out there? Well, I want to come back to that place of, of um, are you only willing to give your client knowledge or are you willing to give them a transformation and eventually an integration? And so when you, when you realize that there's no one size fits all, um, you might have 10 tools and this client will only resonate with two of them, really allow your intuition to uh, Give you the guidance because your intuition is basically just your inner knowing. Your inner knowing that says to you, use this tool, don't use this tool. This person, you can feel that they feel that there's a resistance for them to, to, for you to use this tool on them. Really trust your heart. And that's why I said coaching is a heart-centered process where you allow your heart 
to really open up to this client and that you feel and um, intuitively allow yourself to be guided in, in giving them exactly what they need. Hmm. Speaking about clients, what are the niches that you specialize in when it comes to coaching? So I, I specifically, my niche is, it's called AQ, so it's Adversity Quotient, where I help people to reframe their trauma so mm -hmm. that they are able to, um, and, and whatever imprinting took place. And so imprinting is basically where we've experienced a trauma or an event that um, took us off guard. And then in that minute, we took on a belief, a limiting belief that is now basically part of our framework, part of our being. And, it's, it's, and, and that thing uh, stops us from being resilient. So mm. if, say, say if I have a, a limiting belief that life is difficult, so mm. if I experience a problem, that thing will be triggered. And so that will cause me to be less resilient, less, uh, uh, to have less drive to be able to come to resolution. Mm. And so my, my focus is specifically on helping clients to increase their adversity quotient. Like you have emotional intelligence or emotion quotient, I work specifically on helping clients to become more resilient. Mm. Nini, you, you mentioned twice now... Um, Therapy and, 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 and so on, is, is coaching and, and therapy synonymous in, in how you practice? Or how do you as a coach dance between those two disciplines? Or if there are one, how does that look like? I'm just curious as to hear your thoughts on that. So I'm, I'm very out of the box. <laughs> I, really, I really try and, um, and to me it is a dance. It literally is the client will put on the piece of music that they are stuck with. And I will mm. say to them, I will feel into this dance that they are experiencing. And, mm. and, and you know, the, the big thing is that it's not to let the client be dependent upon you, but it's literally to help the client to access their infinite potential. Mm. And, and it's getting them to a place where there's just a shift that they need, a different perspective, a different inclination, um, a different understanding. And once they have that, you help them literally tap into their internal resources where they then become um, this, this, this person who is able to tap into their own wisdom, their, their infinite potential, their understanding of um, how to move forward. And so it's very much not creating dependency. It's very much helping clients to, to come to their own... Um, internal way of uh, clearly understanding that there is a limited infinite potential that they have access to within themselves and it's just shifting the one or two things that are blocking them from accessing that. Hmm. Nini, how did you choose these niches? Well, I have a theory that your niche finds you and mm -hmm. the way that it finds you is it lights you up from the inside. It is something so um, effortless. So whatever, whenever you're working with a client and you feel completely effortless, this is so amazing. I feel just uh, energized by it. That will become your niche. And I would say if you can have that as a, um, as a vision, as a directive that whatever is effortless for you, whatever comes naturally, that it doesn't even feel like work. It should feel like play. So for me, um, I feel that what I do is like play to me because it's such an effortless um, process. And I think it's because I found my niche um, to, 
to to not be a grind, not be a difficult, hard thing. But and it also is to work with the right clients, mm-hmm. because sometimes we take on clients because we want to help everybody. But I've really realized that um, not in the same way that I'm not suitable to every client. Every client is not suitable to me, and it's really finding that. Um, that aligned place where you and the client have this synchronicity and this uh, synergy mm. of um, of really kind of uh, creating something that is extraordinary between you and the client, so mm. that it is it is an effortless, uh, beautiful process. Mm. Thank you, thank you, Nini. That was that was insightful, and thank you for your time. It was great having you on as a guest. Pleasure. Thank you, Dupis. <laughs>